Hello, this is Colin Parker, and you're listening to EQ&A. EQ&A is a premier podcast of interviews and panels with music and entertainment industry professionals. These are done in a weekly forum at Loyola University of New Orleans, and today's episode features the band Space and Harmony. Space and Harmony is made up of band members from The Revivalists and Naughty Professor. Naughty Professor has members uh, that used to attend Loyola University New Orleans. Points of conversation include how they got started, uh, giving chances to things like the Galactic Connection, what makes New Orleans New Orleans, what their songwriting process is, and so much more. And so now let's cut over to this interview and performance by Space and Harmony. Hi, everybody. So tonight we've got a nice, uh, a great form, in my opinion, lined up. We've got uh, George Geekus from The Revivalists and his side project band called Space and Harmony. Um, there's also a couple of members that have gone to Loyola as well, um, and a couple of members that are in Naughty P, and another one that's in Revivalists with George. So, uh, and the, uh, the extra treat, too, tonight is the, the interviewee, the host, is their former uh, road manager, tour manager, David Mellorine, who's a uh, industry aficionado, if you will. So uh, let's welcome on out. Come on, guys. Hello. Good afternoon. How's everybody doing? Um, and I guess uh, we're going to bring out Space and Harmony, Mr. Wild Bill Daniels, Sam Shaheen. Rob Ingram and Mr. George Gigas. Let's give him a round of applause. Thank you. They never give me one of these. What is this is great. What's up, guys? Do, we, do you even need one? There isn't a vocalist in the band. So is this going to be just a silent interview for the rest of it? I'm, I'm going to do the interview like over there, just yeah. walk around. Yeah, fair enough. So, welcome guys. Thank you for uh, coming out and joining it's us. It's good to be back. Yeah. Three of the four of us in one year, so it's it's nice to come back and see that there's a ton of guys and guys and girls who are coming here at school and want to be in the music industry program because there's not too long ago we were on the other side like you guys. Cool. Well, I mean, I guess we could jump in with, uh, I guess, how the band formed and how you guys got together. I know you guys play in a um, variety of different other bands, one including The Revivalist and Naughty Professor. Um, but how did this band come together? How do you guys know each other? How did you join? How, you, how did you come about playing music together? How did we get started? I wasn't there to start. There's no, uh, okay, yeah. there's no romantic bicycle story? No, 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 no. I think we were just like, hey, do you want to do something when we're off and like play weird music? Yeah. I get, it gets to a point where if you have a particular job and it's either a band or you're booking a venue or something like that, you get that established enough to where you do have time to do other things and it's really healthy and actually ends up helping make your your main gig or your main passion better. And we had time off and me and Rob had all these ideas that most definitely would not work in uh, the band that pays my bills. But we figured we'd get guys together who kind of had the same uh, idea and just have a good time, essentially. Another he needed some rare guys, so he called us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so we knew Sam and Bill from Naughty Professor, who are obviously just like one of, well, I'd say one of our favorite bands. Yeah, for sure. sure. And he was like, ah, oh, good friends. Yeah, let's get together and do stuff. And I always think it's kind of 
I always think that part of the dynamic of this band is that for George and I, it's like, cool, we get to take time off from our normal gig and play some complicated music. And then for Sam and Bill, it's like, we get to take time off from our normal gig and play some easy music. <laughs> I think also more to the point of how did we meet, I was going to school and met the brother of the drummer in y'all's band. Andrew Campanelli is the name of your drummer. Yeah. Petey Campanelli is the name of his brother. And uh, Andrew and I became friends through that. He went on tour to, no, he just went to Spain with his family, yeah. right? And asked me to cover some gigs for y'all, and that's how we really got to know each other. As just the, the scene at the time, and even, it's always been that way, at least for us. For instance, like I was a college roommate with uh, Professor Twelman over here, so that's how, that's how we know <laughs> that each other. Weird. It does sound weird. <laughs> but uh, it's just, we, <laughs> we're able we to create- stories, man. Yeah. <laughs> we we kind of created a scene in a community, and there was at one time where Galactic was kind of like our big brother band and took us under their wing. And I kind of feel like we also did it with you guys as Naughty Professor. Yeah, most definitely. And you just kind of, we made a scene, a community, and you find somebody that, you give somebody a chance, and because somebody gave you a chance, essentially. Y'all sold us our first van. Yeah. We did. Yeah. We drove it home from Vail, Colorado, because our van broke down. And then we were like, George, we had a van. He's like, okay. We have a van out there for some reason. It's like broken down. It's a good 20 hour drive, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. some real road dog stuff. Um, how do y'all, you, you mentioned finding the time for it. Where do you find the time to be able to be in this band and still commit to the one that's paying your bills? And I guess the same question goes for you guys. Y'all doing a lot more touring than you've ever had been before. And do you, are you finding opportunities to rehearse? You know, this is more of, or is this something to where you find the time for it and or you make the time for it, you know? Because I, I, or, and yeah, also, I are there a lot of like ideas being shared back and forth while y'all on the yeah, road? Yeah, we can all, you can't obviously we can all answer that different ways. Yeah, it, so, like I said, you go head fast forward into something you're really passionate about, and then it's good to take little breaks and not necessarily saying, like, you know what, for two hours a day, I'm going to work on this part of something that. I want to do this, this, and that. If something comes to fruition where you're just feeling it and you roll with it, it might not necessarily be good for the revival of something I'm writing or working on, but I know it's going to be good for this. Or there are certain times where I am thinking in a mindset of a project for this and something would be better for the revivalist. And there's sometimes where like we're actually really good about playing together and like we can just nail it pretty easily when we practice. It hasn't become this long, drawn out, arduous thing as opposed to like really getting in there every single day and minutely going over meticulous Sure, parts. yeah, and I'm uh, sure it helps being, you know, exceptional musicians, you know, I would say. Yeah, it helps being the worst musician this band listening yeah, to exactly. this play, that's for sure. The bar is set pretty high with those two over there, so it's, I would guess that that makes it a lot of fun for you all because you get this younger approach and newer ideas, you know, from the same stuff that might you might be playing 200 days out of the year on the revivalist. Yeah. No. It's also nice to have understood like roles within the band. So I'm, I have told George and Bill, like, I don't want to particularly write for this band. I'd rather have them have full songs or really close to full songs. Maybe we can write some transitions in rehearsal, stuff like that. But ways to, you know, like you said, asked about finding the time to do it. Ways to expedite rehearsal time is to make sure that everybody is prepared coming in. Like they know what the song's gonna be. They've either played us a demo or they've given us some type of understanding of what it is coming into the, to the rehearsal. Or they just, even if it's cold, there's some 
core idea that, that is being brought in where like, okay, this rehearsal is not gonna be a whole two or three hour long process of writing material, and then we're gonna take a break, and then we're gonna have another process of arranging it and making it a real tune. They have those ideas to come in, so it's just execution. More like a hired gun. Yeah, it's, it's execution right. and dedication of your craft, because if you love something, you're doing it all day. If you just facilitate it to something else, it's really not gonna be that much of a transition. Cool. I think uh, part of the reason, I think we tend to be kind of more streamlined in terms of getting material two together just because this is a secondary project for all of us. So maybe there's a little bit, there's a little bit less of a factor of like, it's super high stakes if things have to Actually, go this yeah. way and that way. It's, it's kind of more, fun. yeah, this is just more of an opportunity for us kind of to get together and see what yeah, happens. Absolutely. With, with that then, um, do you find your expectations with this band are less obviously because I mean it's not your, your 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 main project but do you still have the the high regards is this something that you would you know want to tour out and you know eventually be the another band that you're doing you know if the revivalists are off the road and Naughty P was on a break yeah, or you got something it. like that every band's different though and every approach to uh to goals has to be didn't would I want to be necessarily trying to do 200 dates and something like this more than not and it's about showcasing the abilities, what you have to the best of your opportunities too. It'd be much, make much more sense to be able to go out and do runs and festivals than sure, playing small like college towns on a Thursday. Yeah, you know? exactly. Well, yeah, you mentioned festivals, like, or, or, or this weekend, you're talking about time to be in town, and the music scene is very cyclical here in New Orleans. Yeah, like, yeah. there's Mardi Gras coming up this jazz weekend, fest. so that's gig, 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 gig. And then we have Jazz Fest coming up, so there's another bunch of gigs happening. And then you take a break, and then you come back for Halloween, and then there's a ton of gigs. And then there's a ton of gigs at New Year's. So both of Best our bands, times. yeah. So essentially you're positioning yourself to be available during the times where you know the gigs are more opportunistic for this project yeah, and when you also know that both bands will be in town exactly I mean, yeah. which is proven to be like the hardest thing because yeah jazz fest and naughty p yeah so you'll know you'll be both in the same time the same place in time to do you know everything about us now dave I, you know i know probably a little bit more than you want to dave do. also yeah. dave has failed to mention he was the revivalist tour manager for about three years something that so he knows changed. a lot of things you yeah. want to talk about with that, um, you know, going into touring and just taking it away from space and harmony and just looking at it back to, you know, the revivals of the Naughty Professor, are there things that you hope these guys pick up from you, from being in the same band from you, that you might, you know, might not necessarily have things to do with music, and then vice versa? Are there things that you're learning from these guys because you're kind of seeing it from fresh eyes, you know? We're starting to learn how to sound check for four hours. It's, it's a pain, yeah, but it takes a lot of skill. <laughs> I, I'm still trying to figure out how they do it, yeah. but you know, yeah. No, it's, it's well, funny. One of the, <laughs> no, there's there's a lot that they've been able to teach us, and a lot that you know we've been able to take from them, not just in terms of putting on a show, but in the industry as well, and. I mean, even simple things like how to divvy up tasks. I talked to George a long time ago before we really, before y'all, I think, were using a tour manager to yeah. a strong degree, and certainly we still don't really. We kind of divvy up the tasks and, and allow ourselves to have the responsibilities, but just things that I never really thought about. Y'all introduced us to CLC, the corporate lodging, to get really cheap hotels. Y'all showed us all types of things, just like, man, if you're not doing this, maybe you should think about doing this. Not, you know, not like present me or us or anybody, but always fun to have like a big brother band or a big brother group of guys who are used to touring, who are used to like 
okay, so these aspects are really gonna suck, but here's a way to make them suck a little bit less. You know, and yeah. Sure, yeah, and George, is that important for you guys to, to feel like you have to pass it on in some way or another? Knowing that you could help their way be a little bit less strenuous towards the same road that you yeah, might have seen before. Yeah, for yeah. sure, it, it all stems first from you like people because you like their band, even if you don't know them as individuals, or you like any kind of project they're working on. And then when it just so happens you also really get along with these people, you want to help your friends out anyways. And we were lucky enough to have somebody take care of us, and we would definitely want to, you want to help people you care about. And now that we help them, we hope they get to help somebody else one day too. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's just, I think that's absolutely the thing that's the most special and, and great about music in this city compared to anywhere else in the country or the world is kind of the this whole tradi the whole sort of uh, culture of passing down and passing on and helping up and like, to me that's that's what makes New Orleans New Orleans at least Definitely. from a musical standpoint. Definitely man, can't stress that enough. I was just I had lunch today with a drummer who I'm hoping can do some sub gigs for me while we're on the road and it was just like you don't get the opportunity to do that a lot of times in bigger, more competitive cities where it's like, yo, man, we're clearly in competition with each other, but here we are. Bring your son. Let's hang out. Let's like actually take an hour, talk about our schedules, and be, and be friends. And not, it's not a cutthroat community here. Everybody really supports each other. I mean, even with has. programs like this one, or Roots of Music, or Tucatinas yeah. Foundation, yeah. it's always important that we've always had a foundation or something to give this education element, or even to you know grab in the community young enough to be impactful to help spread this because what we have here in New Orleans music and New Orleans culture is definitely unique. Absolutely, man. There's no doubt about that. You cannot stress how important it is to learn from a city like this, be it in college or, or elsewhere. Very important. Okay, um, next question, I guess, is regards to where do you where do you see this band going in the future? Y'all, Do y'all plan to put a record out? I mean, you, you know, you say you bring a lot of energy and dedication in making these songs. George and Rob are bringing them to y'all, and then, are we, then do you have the same approach to it like you would on an ODP record or a revivals record? Is it something that you feel like you gotta lay it down in order to, you know, kind of fit the demand, more or less, or the, the cliche of putting out a record? It's a little different when, um, it's a little, it's a little different when we're this is you, man. It's me. Check, 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 check. Um, we were actually just talking about it. Go to the line. Check, 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 check. We were talking about it backstage, how we're about to do, uh, the revivalists are about to go to uh, Nashville for about three weeks to record. And it, um, it took us being in a band pretty much 10 years to be able to have the opportunity to do something like that. Whether it was just being able to get uh, A-list producer at an A-list recording station. Uh, it also had to be able to afford to do it in that long. And um, for projects like this, we're lucky enough that Bill actually has his own studio. So it's a matter of just having him have the time and us have the time to be able to go into it. And that's absolutely an advantage as well that most people normally wouldn't have is when your, your bud just has a studio in the back of his right. house, it's really good. You should definitely, uh, Record stuff there if you need it. Yeah, little plug for a while. Yeah, free plug. Come, come by, record some music, have a good time. Yeah. But no, really, like both of our bands, I would never dream of producing a revivalist record. And like, the uh, Naughty Professor has totally outgrown me as a producer. But this is a, a band that 
not as high stakes. I've got all the stuff, I've got all the, 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 the mics and the gear at the studio to make it happen. So they've laid down some bass and drum tracks. Me and Rob are gonna get in, knock out some guitar and sax tracks. It's gonna be sweet. It's not the same amount of pressure, you know, though, as, as like a going to Nashville and spending like two weeks with a producer that you've seeked out. The way we're gonna make an album is just like doing it while we have time and then we'll like go from there for the next one. But to get something out, we just, just record it. Yeah, it could be spontaneous where like I hit up Bill and Sarah's like, yo, I got some ideas, let's do some stuff. Or it could be, yo, there's this really dope soccer game and we're gonna play before and after it. <laughs> <laughs> Or just play FIFA, but yeah, you know. that's it. <laughs> but yeah, for sure. But I, I guess too. Then, would you would your approach be then to follow it as you would uh, up the record industry channel and find a find a label for it? Is it do you being that this is a uh, I'm not trying to dumb down the idea of being a side project, but do you take it in the same severity in this, that way? As no, that's well? a good question. That's a good question. I think it's just a different approach because uh, you have an agent. Yeah, this band has an agent. This band has a manager, more or less. They're yeah, kind of the same. It, people, it's just but, a, a different you know, approach. It's, it's, you, do, you, have the, you, have, you have you have people built around you that yeah. are that are here to help <laughs> you and support you as well. I just would be curious whether or not. You know, obviously, there's a demand for both the both bands' music, and people would certainly be interested in this project. But would you, you know, basically use your network in order to kind of fill some of the blanks in with that? Yeah, use the network, yes. But would we take it as seriously, or like do you use the word severity? Definitely not. I mean, yeah. being honest, yeah. come on. No, 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 it's a fair answer, yeah. and yeah. it's good. We're not going to throw the amount of money at making a record. We're not going to throw the amount of resources at pursuing. You know. Do we have the right booking agent? Do we have the right international booking agent? Do we, you know, like all of that. Right, right. That's not gonna happen. Yeah, it's right. not necessary. Which I, which I guess gives it the more avenue to make it more fun project for you guys. Because if you take some of those the some of the cobwebs yeah. out of it, you actually get to enjoy it and play the music for us. Exactly. And it's ideal for us to like go on the road together. Naughty is open it up for the revivalist or three band bill or something like that, and then we do gigs as this band on nights off and then like Friday and Saturday night late night sets after the show like come to the after party and this one that's that's really one of the more attainable and exciting aspects about this band. Cool. Yeah kind of a moral of the story is like there's a ton of gigs that neither of our bands want to play but this band totally wants to play. And like, you, you know what I mean? For example? Like, well, for example, like opening for Rebirth at Tips last weekend. Like, uh, yeah. we don't want to open for Rebirth right, at Tips yeah, anymore. Obviously, obviously they're not opening for it, Rebirth yeah. for, you know, whatever it costs. But like, it's a gig for us. It was great to do on a night off when we're in town. It's just like, opportunity just, to get in front of people. Yeah, but it's also an opportunity to get on stage together. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and have fun be, I would say there's a lot of give and take probably within just knowing you guys that you enjoy both elements of being, you know, playing in front of people. It's all, uh, what you like to do for a living. Definitely. But also it's this, you know, the dynamic of knowing that the four of you are really good friends as well. And it's not the same, you know, for you, six people that you have to be on stage with, and for you, the same yeah. five that you, are, you normally have, is that, you know, it's got to be a little bit more exciting for y'all in some element, too, to, you know, see fresh faces across yeah, the stage. Yeah, it does. A lot more lax. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a lot I mean, more lax. The more, I mean, just, also just the more opportunities you get to, to operate in different environments and Talking kind of different spheres. Yeah, it, it gives you stuff that you can bring back to the other thing, and then you're better at that, and you can bring better stuff back to here. And, you know, everything's just kind of interconnected. Cool. And well, the funny. Only, 
let's have a real quick moment here to talk about uh, some of the sponsors here for the episode. Our first sponsor is Four Sigmatic. Beyond the Portobello, an entire kingdom of mushrooms exists. Many with amazing health benefits for immunity, energy, and longevity that have been studied for centuries. Four Sigmatic believes in the real magic of functional mushrooms like reishi, chaga, cordyceps, and lion's mane, as well as other superfoods and adaptogens like rhodiola, elithro, and schisandra, to help us live healthier, more enhanced lives. Four Sigmatic makes drinking mushrooms and superfoods delicious and easy to do with a wide variety of mushroom coffees, mushroom superfood blends, and mushroom elixirs. They sell tins for at-home use and single-serve packets, which are convenient to carry and to share. Four reasons to drink Four Sigmatic Mushroom Coffee. 100% organically grown Arabiaca beans. Each serving contains 500 milligrams of organically grown mushrooms. There's three different brewing methods, which is instant grounds or mushroom pods. And the Shaga Coffee Blend is alkaline forming, which helps improve your energy and metabolism. Four Sigmatic not only offers mushroom coffee blends, but hot cocoa, elixirs, superfood blends, and matcha tea too. The best way to enjoy Four Sigmatic products is to blend them with a cup of hot water and your favorite nut milk or simply mixing them into smoothies and shakes. Save 10% on your entire order by entering the promo code SCAVTRUFFLE at checkout. That's S-C-A-V-T-R-U-F-F-L-E. SCAVTRUFFLE at checkout. Four Sigmatic. And our next sponsor that I'd like to talk to you about is Lyft. Lyft launched the original concept of Rideshare in 2012. The idea behind Lyft is to provide a more technically advanced, cheaper alternative to taxi services, as well as make the ride more personal by enabling you to know who it is you'll be trusting to drive you from point A to point B. So if you are brand new to Lyft and you use the promo code SCAVLIFT, that's S-C-A-V-L-Y-F-T, you'll get $5 off your first ride. Now, if you'd like to sign up as a driver, you can get a signing bonus when you use that code, and you can earn up to an extra $375 in your first 30 days, depending on how many rides you give in that time period. Lyft. Riding is the new driving. And now let's get back over to Space and Harmony.
let's everybody give it a hand for Space and Harmony one more time. Thank you. Uh, where do we see you again? I know mean, y'all have a gig coming up on uh, Lundy Gras at the Ace Hotel. You do. Part of, uh, Ace Hotel. Is that where it is? The Ace Hotel. Big Frida's Lundy Gras Bash. Yeah, yeah that's right. The Big Frida thing. Yeah. And uh, what about um, Naughty Professor and the Revivalist? Y'all have gigs coming up too. Just in case people want to see as much, you, as much of you as possible. Thank you. Give it to the businessman. Naughty Professor will be at Blue Nile on Saturday in Dimian, and will also be at Tibetina's on Lundy Gras, opening up for Galactic. They do their all night thing every Lundy Gras. Nice. Be sure for y'all to go check it out. Um, Any uh, questions before we leave? Yeah, we've got time. the forum if you have a question or two. We want to shoot it out to these guys. Well, they're still here. Any questions? No? We got one over here, got a couple over there, so nobody go anywhere just yet. All right, sir? My question is, uh, well, first, you guys were so good. You guys were like Thanks. amazing. Um, who are some of your guys' inspirations? Oh, man, hell yeah. Good. You know, for this group, I'm really thinking a lot about John McLaughlin. You know, your like classic shredder jazz fusion thing. Yeah, Chick Corea, anything yeah. Chick Corea electric loves band. Chick Corea. <laughs> for Bill. No, but it's a wide, wide range because obviously there's no vocals, but we're pulling from music that has vocals and it definitely is inspiration, you know, like classic rock, Jimi Hendrix stuff. Um, well, that, that last song, I'm really thinking about the Isley Brothers, but there's no Ronald Isley singing, you know? So it, we just pull from a lot of different places. I know these guys, this is their chance to play some jazz stuff, right? Yeah, so, that's it, with, with heavy air quotes with heavy, on the yeah, jazz. We're, we're like jam jazz, you know? So a lot of those influences as well. <laughs> that doesn't sound good. Does that answer it your works. question? Yep. Next, are you looking for specific yeah. You got a young lady right behind you, Mike. Hi. Um, hi. Hi. <laughs> um, I was wondering how, like, what inspires you on stage when you're performing? Because it's one thing to be like, oh, okay, these people are cool, I'm going to emulate what they're doing, but what inspires you within to make the instruments sing because there's no vocals? That's a really good question. That's a tough wow. question. <laughs> Rob is I was not the ready most articulate person on this stage. So uh, no, don't, well, don't say that now. But uh, it's like feelings or something. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, for me, I think really just performing is all about kind of the interactive aspect of it, of not just the four of us on stage doing what we do and communicating it with each other, but also communicating to all of you and giving what we have and, and getting what we get from you and kind of making this whole sort of feedback loop thing that keeps happening. Definitely. definitely. And definitely. the revival sort of we talk a lot about having the crowd energy give us the energy and vice versa. It's a give and take relationship for sure. Also though, separate from like being on stage and, and the crowd and the experience of that, I think it's really important to take inspiration from things that are non-musical. So things you see, whether it be like, oh man, like I'll be driving around and you hear the way a specific like construction instrument is hitting a wall and you're just like, man, that's a that's awesome. Like that's a really cool sound or a really cool beat or both. Depends, you know, it could just sound really industrial and cool. It could have a sweet rhythm to it, whatever, but like trying to contextualize those patterns and the things you see while you're out and and recontextualize them to put them on stage or into your craft, I think is is really important. Someone over here. Does that help at all? All right, we had a hand up in the back to, there we go, thank you. 
Hi, you guys are so talented. Like that was so awesome. Um, I just had a question about like the song structure because your structures are so unique. I was curious like what the songwriting process was like for most of your songs. I'd say generally either one or two of us will have kind of worked up an initial idea, sort of like a skeleton or a seed or a germ or whatever you want to call it. And then we kind of get in and say, okay, we like that and we like the end. Maybe I think this is kind of an A section or a B section. And I don't know, it's, I feel like it's kind of free form the way our stuff comes together. And like, I mean, not, and one, like once we get a form down, we have the form and that's how it is. Like it's, we play, we play the rundown the same thing, but it's uh, in terms of the way we structure our songs when we're figuring out how they're gonna go, I feel like it's kind of like, does this feel right? Does this feel right? Okay, yeah, let's maybe add a B there or whatever, or do something different. Uh, yeah, so I think it's very section-based, at least the way I think about it. Like you said, okay, we have an A, we have a B. A lot of those songs were two or three sessions. One of the sessions, Rob or I would turn around and then solo on, say, the A, like, we'd go A, we'd play the original melody, and then go to a different melody, go back to the A group, one of us will solo, we'll get the B out and then go to a C for the outro or we'll do the A differently again. But generally, th these tunes to me are very much like A section, B section. And then we jam yeah. within, like we have a framework for what this section is all about. And then from there, we, we go our, our separate ways and make it try to be different. Every, every, every gig, every room, every stage feels different. Like to, to, to her question earlier, like, the, the feedback we get from y'all, maybe we'll go a little bit harder on this session, or maybe we'll tone it back if you're appreciating the finesse stuff, Does, you know? Cool, great question. I think we have uh, one more vote. Yeah, I was gonna ask, I had heard y'all stuff not too long ago on YouTube, and I was like really digging it. I was gonna, I was wondering, had y'all been working with Ben Elman of Galactic at all? Like, who, who does y'all's production stuff? Uh, not this group individual, but I know that uh, these individuals have yeah. been heavily influenced from Ben. Ben uh, happened to produce a couple of revivalist records, so he's kind of like an older brother to us. And actually, he's cousins with a member in the band, uh, Naughty Professor, with Sam and Bill. So we've known Ben. Ben's our dude, and you can tell there's definitely a tin. And we've actually played some shows before with Galactic and stuff. And then. Ben, he likes the uh, the Balkan style ones. Yeah, we do it. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I've been as a sax player, and I've I've been ripping shit off from Ben Elman for you know like at least yeah. a decade now, <laughs> for a very long time. He's definitely a local legend. It's um, Cool. Is that all? Uh, did we? I think we got one more <laughs> down here. I have a two part question. Two part question. All right, last one. Hold on, we're gonna get a mic on him. Your cousin would do the same thing when we were in the forum. <laughs> oh, shit. That's the longest question. It's that insatiable Gerardo curiosity. Yeah. Dude, come on. Cool. It's a, it's a slight two-part question. Um, have you ever tried writing vocals? Because I know, Rob, you sing slightly. And also, going off of that, these song ideas, did you ever try to take them to your respective bands and then they were just like rejected? Or did you just automatically know off the jump that it was way too wild? First of all, you can't call Rob out like that, man. Come on. <laughs> I've heard that he hits those notes though. No, he can definitely say it. Um, I mean, I, th I think we probably were planning, I'd say, to be mostly instrumental group in this trial. There's certain songs that are in, five and seven that we, we didn't really play today that 
they certainly would not work in certain contexts with certain groups. And it's nice to know when you have an idea, you, no one here is really gonna think it's too weird or too out of the box. We usually kind of encourage that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I can't I can't speak to uh, to Bill and Sam so much, but I know for me, if I'm if I'm coming up with an idea, I know like this is something that I would maybe try to try to pitch to the revivalists over here versus this is something I would bring to space and harmony. Yeah, we didn't play this tune, but I, I have a tune that we play sometimes called Tuna Scraps. And I wrote it, we were doing a demo, Naughty Professor was doing a demo like set for Charlie Tuna. We, we were just been collaborating with him and it didn't make the cut. It was scraps. So took it over here and we play it all the time. I do do slide stuff on it, like open detuning, but it, that has it happened exactly. Rob has sung Zeppelin covers for us before on the whim when we want to do like a immigrant song or something, but that's just that's for the big bucks. That, yeah, that's a that's a Florabama only experience, I think. <laughs> nice. Do we get everybody? All right. All right. Uh, thank you guys. Thanks, Thanks a lot. Thank you for the one more time. Thank you. Appreciate it. Welcome. EQ&A is brought to you by Four Sigmatic and Lyft. Don't forget, with Four Sigmatic, you can take ten percent off of your order using the promo code SCAVTRUFFLE. S C A V T R U F F L E. And with Lyft, you can take five dollars off your first ride or get a signing bonus when you use SCAVLIFT. S C A V L Y F T at checkout. EQ&A is also, of course, brought to you by Loyola University New Orleans and the Scavengers Network. So thank you so much for joining us here on EQ&A. From Loyola University, New Orleans, this is Colin Parker, and we'll see you next week. everybody. I'm Lindsay Reed. I'm Jordan Reed. And this is Chupacabra's number one fan, Molly Reed, our dog. And we are the hosts of Spooky Spouses, a podcast fueled by our love-hate relationship with any and everything paranormal adjacent. We talk about things like urban legends, ghosts, scary movie sets, other ghosts that are maybe a little taller than regular ghosts, Cryptozoology, Tom DeLong, Alien Hunter, and our creepy neighbor Crystal Chris. Each week, Lindsay and I will research a topic that we have yet to discuss with one another and talk about it on the show. So if you're not too scared, join us every Monday for Spookies and Giggles. Bye. Bye. <laughs>